This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What up, fam? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Sure, you're probably hearing how great the mortgage rates are right now, but Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but really what separates them is Mike is a certified financial planner and he looks at so much more than just a rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. If you've gone through the loan process before and you know, you'd rather watch Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl, the Lakers win another NBA title, I get it. You know, it's, it's normally like getting a root canal. But the thing about Mike and Virginia, trust me guys, they're gonna make it just so smooth, so quick, so enjoyable. They are the best in the business. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. If you're old school, you can give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Again, dnvrmortgage.com or 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We are talking Utah State. Obviously, uh, kind of a disappointing for Colorado State Tuesday night. The Rams got raced 83-64 to by the Aggies in Logan. You know, a lot of different ways you can go with this. I think everybody is rightfully disappointed. Um, it, it definitely was not the type of showing you were looking for, especially after the hot streak, but Again, I think I'd be kind of hypocritical to sit here and act like, you know, the sky is falling after everything that I've preached this season. Ultimately, you know, weird things are going to happen. And Utah State's the best team in the conference. Like, they are. I mean, CSU is on the rise for sure. They're firmly in that top four conversation. But right now, uh, Utah State, they're kind of in a league of their own. They're, they swept San Diego State. They're already 1-0 against CSU. They'll go for the sweep Thursday night. We'll see how CSU is able to respond, and obviously we'll talk plenty about that. That uh, The Boise State games, you know, it's going to be really big. How does CSU handle Boise State? How does Utah State handle Boise State? That's going to, you know, greatly decide who ultimately has the best chance to kind of finish in the top two in the league. I mean, I really do think there's a pretty decent chance that the Mountain West gets two teams into the NCAA tournament maybe even three, depending on what happens with the Mountain West tournament. But with the Ivy League, you know, not participating, there is always the possibility that that goes the Mountain West way. Going to be interesting. Uh, ultimately, though, I think, you know, if you put yourself in that top two, three, you have a shot to uh, make the NCAA tournament or the NIT if that ends up happening. Obviously, the NCAA tournament will be the ultimate goal. Uh, before we, you know, kind of start talking about long-term stuff, let's kind of just talk about this game and why Utah State was able to dominate it. I mean, it was close for about the first eight minutes or so. You could tell that the game plan was designed to 
try and draw Niamis Keita out away from the rim. I mean, it makes sense. The dude's a freak. Averages three blocks a game. I mean, he is an NBA prospect, a true NBA prospect. Seven-foot dude that can play with his back to the rim. The amount of touch that he has displayed this year has been very, very impressive. That's something that he's had to work on. He's gotten bigger and stronger. You can see his footwork's better defensively. I mean, just a guy that has improved so much over the years. And now he's, you know, very much looking like the Mountain West Player of the Year. Anyways, you know, with a guy like him, you know, down low, it makes sense that CSU was trying to draw him out. We saw James Moores uh, get the ball at the top of the key a couple of times, put up some threes, uh, hit one of them, went one for three. I think DT went two for three. So between the two of them, you go 50% from the three-point line at your five. That's actually not bad. You know, I I kind of asked Nico Medved if he would like James Moores to maybe, you know, work the ball. And he kind of acknowledged, yeah, uh, kind of acknowledged yeah, you know, maybe they were a little early in the possession, but ultimately, you know, those are open looks in rhythm. And if you're able to knock those down, that's going to completely change the game. You want to be able to draw Akeda out because the more that he is playing under the rim and, and just kind of playing guard dog, the tougher it's going to be. And we saw that. I mean, I actually really liked Moore's mindset. He came out really aggressive, you know, didn't seem intimidated by him. He just wasn't able to finish. Twice he put the ball on the on the ground and was able to make a really nice hard drive to the rim. If he would have finished there, man, I mean, Cato would have really been thinking more, but I think that was just kind of a case where Moores went for it like three or four times early, wasn't able to hit on any of them, and then Cato was just kind of daring him to shoot. I will say when they brought Deshaun Thomas in there, I was very encouraged that he just continued to, you know, come out and let him fly. He's got a great looking release, man. When he can catch and shoot, especially, he is a very, very efficient three-point shooter. Kind of seems like he's just starting to find that confidence, that groove again, which is obviously good because CSU is going to need him to be a big factor. He's a guy who I was really high on coming into the season, didn't exactly have the start he was looking for, kind of figuring it out. Now, I will say him, James Moores, and David Roddy, all three of them got bullied a little bit in this game. Um, I think we started to see some frustration from Roddy in that second half a little bit. You know, it's it's frustrating. Yeah. But at the same time, there there just aren't that many teams like Utah State that have experienced bigs and Niamis Keita and Justin Bean. I mean, that's a combo that could compete with anyone. You could put those two on, you know, like any Pac-12 roster and those two are going to start together. That's how talented they are. Just a rare combination of talent and size and experience. I mean... You just don't see a lot of big men play that many years in the college game anymore because all the good ones go one and done. Utah State is not your normal team. Yes, they you know they worked CSU down low, absolutely owned them on the offensive glass. That's got to be the biggest concern in my opinion. Look, you know that you're likely not gonna out rebound Utah State. You do what you can, but you know they finished with 31 defensive rebounds compared to 21. You'd maybe want it to be more like uh, 24 like 29 get it a little closer but if you give up 13 offensive rebounds you're you're gonna be in for a long night i talked about it on my pregame podcast medved talked about it the commentators talked about it everybody talked about it if you give utah state a second chance they're going to kill you they have too much size down low if they get that second chance one of them's probably just going to go up with it and if not they're going to kick it out to the outside and find somebody like brock miller again who i talked about wide open in the three and he burned them all night, 6 of 10 from three-point range, 20 points. I mean, 
that's Utah State at its finest. If they are dominating the glass, defending the paint well, and hitting threes, shoot, man, they could go to the Elite Eight. That is how good they are. And I'm not even trying to be like overdramatic. That is how talented and how rare this Utah State team is. I'm not panicking because they lost one game to a team that's been the best in the league essentially for three straight years. Them and San Diego State, they've kind of been 1-1-A depending on the time of year. I know San Diego State had the incredible regular season, but I mean that Utah State team was plenty good last year with Sam Merrill. As we all saw in the Mountain West tournament when he hit just one of the just dopest dagger threes I've seen in person in forever. God, that dude was a killer. But man, this Utah State team, yeah, they lost Merrill. Yeah, they lost Diego Brito and Abel Porter. It hasn't really seemed to matter, man. They haven't skipped a beat. They're even better defensively, which is crazy. It's it's just such a solid team. And, you know, ultimately, if you're CSU, you really, really got to try and get a split here if you want to contend for the league title. If you do get swept, though, it's going to kind of be one of those where you just you got to put it in the rear view. It happens. They're a good team. CSU's a good team, too. You still got plenty to play for. I mean, you definitely won't have time to wallow no matter what happens or celebrate. I mean, let's say they go out and, you know, beat down Utah State Thursday night. You can't start feeling too cocky about yourself because all of a sudden you've got two games against Boise State at home and a trip to Laramie looming. So there's a lot to happen still. The thing that was slightly concerning to me in this matchup, I felt like for the first time this year, CSU looked defeated down the stretch. Even in that St. Mary's game, which was, you know, about as brutally frustrating as you could possibly imagine, I never felt like the Rams quit in that game. In both the San Diego State games, they went down, you know, nearly 30. They didn't quit in either one of them. Obviously came back to historically win one of them. You know, they didn't quit against UNLV. They kept fighting. Uh, you know, it wasn't like they completely laid down or anything like that, but it, it just didn't feel like they had that same fight, that same fire. And I think, you know, it was probably just a bit of frustration. That's human. Sometimes it's just like that. You know, you try, you try hard early, things don't go your way. And naturally it just kind of fizzles out, especially knowing you've got a second chance coming up. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't love the effort. Nico Medved talked about how he didn't love the effort defensively. He just said it wasn't good enough. Like, yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're strong. But, you know, we've just got to play better, point blank, period. I'll be pretty surprised if we don't see a pretty fired up, you know, CSU team on Thursday night. I will say, you know, late night game sometimes can be kind of a weird dynamic just because you sit around waiting all day. I'm sure that's really tough as a player. I mean, even as a media member, you know, come like three, four or five o'clock, you're like, oh, my God, we still have five hours till tip off. Are you kidding me? Kind of the same deal. Uh, Utah State, you know, the only arena that CSU's played in this year with fans, that's a factor. So maybe maybe you don't have to worry about the lull just because there's some, you know, energy being created for you. But it, it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely a big game. They have to play better defensively. They have to compete better on the offensive glass, try and box out a little bit better. Uh, they've got to play less sloppy on offense, way too many turnovers. Some of that had to do with Utah State, you know, playing aggressive man defense, but some of it was just the product of CSU not, you know, paying attention to the little things. I, I'd really like to see the Rams try and get out in transition, but ultimately, you know, you can't really get transition opportunities if you're not rebounding well and not getting stops. So CSU's best success on offense always stems from, you know, doing well defensively and holding their own on the glass. So that's definitely going to be an area where they have to improve. 
Obviously, you'd like to see the three-point shooting be a little bit more consistent, though the numbers kind of evened out over time. They finished 9 of 27, 33%. Not phenomenal, but not bad by any means. Encouraging that Adam Thistlewood continues to shoot the ball well. He was 4 of 6 from the field, 2 of 3 from three-point line, finished with 14 points. Did get in a little bit of foul trouble, but I think he's quietly uh, really played pretty well over the last four to five games. He's a guy who I think is going to be a big factor for CSU. I'll, I'll go out and say it right now. At one point this year, Adam Thistlewood is going to score 20 plus and be the reason that CSU wins a game. You can just feel it. That confidence is coming. The stroke, the jump shot, um, even the one he missed, it was open and it was in rhythm and you saw him kind of push it a little bit. But other than that, man, he's him and Kendall Moore, man, they just look so confident from behind the three-point line. And Isaiah Stevens, I really haven't given him enough credit. I mean, him and Kendall struggled yesterday. They went 4-13 combined from behind the three-point line, but they've obviously been two of the better guys in the conference to this point. So you just want him to keep shooting. I get a bunch of tweets, you know, every game, especially when they go down, you know, why are they shooting so many threes, you know, do something else. I mean, I get it, guys, but this is a small lineup. Their strength is going to be running, attacking in transition, getting threes. And a lot of the time, especially against a team like Utah State, which has a significant advantage in size, getting those early threes up, if they're in rhythm and uncontested, that's a good shot. I mean, coaches will tell you that's a good shot. Oftentimes, you get your best shots in the you know first 10 seconds and last 10 seconds of the shot clock. When they're falling, it feels great. You know, you're putting up points in a hurry. Everybody's got that swag going, you know, you start raining threes when they're not falling, it can feel a little frustrating, but ultimately you've just got to remember, like if you have a process and this is the game plan, you've just got to stick to it sometimes. I mean, obviously there's, there are times where you're going to have to adjust in game and you know, the shots just aren't falling or, you know, maybe you're taking bad shots, but that wasn't the case in the Utah state game. It really wasn't. Most of them were pretty good looks. And even a lot of the ones they missed, I felt like they were open. It just kind of seemed like they were rushing it a little bit. Kevin Lytle had a great question to Nico Medved last night, kind of asking him about that. You know, when you play against a team that is really, really good at blocking shots and really good at contesting jump shots, even when you're open, naturally, like in the back of your mind, you just kind of force it a little bit because, you know, I got to get this up before somebody comes and closes out. I mean, we saw it a couple of times in that game last night where, Somebody was open, and then all of a sudden, a Utah State guy just comes flying out of nowhere and makes the shot really difficult. Their ability to close out and contest without fouling is very, very impressive. So, you know, ultimately, yeah, there are some things they've got to work on. Uh, to me, the, the effort defensively is going to be the big thing. Not super panicked about the offense or anything like that. I'd like to see David Roddy come out and have a big game. Now, back-to-back quiet performances. Not his fault. I mean, this is such a weird... Such a weird matchup for him. He has the strength to hang with Kata and Bean, but that's just such a tough draw when you're trying to guard somebody literally seven inches taller than you. They need James Moores and Deshaun Thomas to be effective defensively in the post to have a chance, or at least hold their own, you know? And if some of the other guys can kind of come in and, and help you rebound, that's that's great. But you you can't expect David Roddy to go 40 minutes at the five in this matchup. It's just not gonna work unless. You know, you're just absolutely running down their throat, getting stops and, you know, just knocking shots down all over the place. You can kind of make it work and force them to take Kata off the floor. But when the shots aren't falling, Roddy at the five against Kata is going to be 
a really, really tough draw. So I'll be curious to see what kind of adjustments they make. Uh, maybe they go to Deshaun Thomas back in the starting lineup and have James Moores come off the bench. Maybe they stick with it since DT seems to be doing well in that like sixth man type role along with Tanjay and Isaiah Rivera. We shall see. Um, yeah, you know, not not the type of performance we were looking for. Obviously, an opportunity for the Rams to kind of establish themselves as, you know, one of the premier programs in the Mountain West. They've had a couple of moments already this season, but that was another great chance. We've all seen that they've started to get some NCAA tournament buzz as far as the projections go. But, you know, if you get swept by Utah State and, and lose a pair to Boise, that's all that national attention is going to go away really, really quickly. So how they respond over these next three to five games, really, really going to determine the season. And uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged. I'm very excited to see how it all plays out because I think this team has the talent and the mindset to do it. But uh, we just got to see if they get it done. So really looking forward to that. Um, going to continue with the podcast in just a second. But here is a word from our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that in just a second, but the return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round, and if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little win a lot. It's that simple. While we are all excited for this weekend's premier UFC bout, let's not forget football is in the midst of the playoffs. So head to the app now, check out the great playoff promotions. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Hey, sometimes it's an easy way to make money. I'm telling you, I gave you guys Tampa Bay last week. I'm going to give you more throughout the week. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by knockout in the first round. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That code DNVR for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by knockout in the first round. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado-only restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Some of our very own staff members at DNVR have even taken classes. Harrison and Allie, they can tell you all about it. The teachers are super engaged and professional. They're extremely responsive to emails, questions, and concerns. Many of them work in the same field so they can give you advice and you know that they know what they're talking about. The course content is highly relevant. And most importantly, at MSU Denver Online, you learn about things that you can use outside of the classroom. At the end of the day, that's what it all is all about. The spring semester starts January 19th, but if you use the promo code DNVR Sports, you do not pay an application fee. That's right, when applying and ask for the application fee, just drop the promo code DNVR Sports in there. It'll be completely free. That is a game changer, guys. Time and time again, the best way to protect yourself against an economic downturn is having an education and being able to, you know, expand into different things and just being, you know, versatile, being flexible. That's what it's all about. 
You got to adapt, baby. Adapt. Go visit MSU Denver online. Use the promo code DNVR Sports, and that application fee will be free. All right, we pretty much covered everything that I wanted to cover on this podcast, but I did want to briefly mention that Urban Meyer is expected to retain Jags offensive line coach George Warhop, according to Dennis Dodd of CBS. Now, there were some rumors that Steve Adazio could potentially jump ship from CSU to Jacksonville for that offensive line coach. Everybody knows the type of relationship he and Urban Meyer have. You know, I've said a couple of times that it would have been kind of surprising to me to see him make the jump from head coach to O-line coach, you know, even if he was kind of discontented with CSU and how they handled everything over the last, you know, six to eight months. Just seems weird to give up that much power and honestly that much just like stability. Because in my opinion, you know, as a position coach, you're probably one of the most expendable people on the staff. You know, starting with them and, and coordinators, you know, the head guys are always going to throw them under the bus first to save themselves. To me, it makes more sense to keep his position. It seems like he is going to obviously mixed reactions from CSU fans. Uh, there's basically mixed reactions from CSU fans about Steve Adazio in general. I get it. You know, I was not necessarily super stoked about the hire. Didn't quite understand some of the stuff he did with the quarterback rotation. But, you know, I've said that it's just way too early to judge him. I don't think that would be fair, especially given everything that happened, all the weirdness with training camp and COVID-19 and the lack of home games, lack of games, period. Just seems a little early to make, you know, definitive conclusions. That's me. Uh, We'll just kind of see how how it plays out. I will say it kind of speaks to the relationship that Adazio is able to build with a lot of these players that a lot of these seniors are choosing to come back. I mean, they weren't recruited by Steve Adazio. These were Bobo guys. So, you know, he was able to win the locker room over, it seems like. They haven't really had that many people transfer out. I mean, there have been a few, and I'm sure there'll be a few more come spring ball. But ultimately, stability is kind of the best thing for a program. And right now, I think that is what CSU needs. They need to lock down and hopefully have, you know, just some continuity within this staff for a little bit. Now, you know, you lost Kenny Guyton, that wide receiver coach. We'll see who they replace there. But, you know, other than that, it seems like most of the guys are going to come back, most coordinators, and you got got your head guy coming back. So we'll see what happens. I'm definitely intrigued for the future. He's an experienced guy. We'll just have to see. Uh, That's all I've got for today. Obviously, keep up with all things DNVR. We've got the women's team playing Utah State on Wednesday and Friday. Men's team plays game two Thursday night. Keep up to date with all that stuff. Much love. Stay safe out there. Support local. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want.